If this fool doesn't pick up, one o'clock means one o'clock. Please leave your message for. Oh, man. Should I leave a voicemail? <laughs> Ryan. I. Don't... Please leave your message oh, for. God. Hello. Oh, you are going to hear it from me. What it is, what it do, this is Rambling, your weekly Rams podcast that gives you insight of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from beautiful California. Joining me today, we got six-time Pro Bowler and former NFL safety Ryan Clark on the podcast. He is a current NFL analyst for ESPN. He also follows me on Twitter, which officially makes us best friends. Am I right, Ryan? Am I right? Absolutely. That's when I, when I did it, I was like, man... Not as a follower, like we are tied together forever. Forever. So that's why that's why I became such a big Rams fan. I was like, man, my best friend is there. She works there now. Absolutely. Has nothing to do with their success or Sean McVay or Joe Barry or Aubrey Pleasant. Nothing to do with all those other people I really love. All about you. I knew it. That's why I have you on for <laughs> the first episode of the podcast. Also wanted to bring you on the podcast because the last time the Rams were on the field prior to training camp was during OTAs. And guess what? You were there. You were there. I was there. there. I was I was an invited guest. I did not jump the fence. I was not stalking Sean McVay. I was not stalking Jared Goff. I was actually invited into the building and allowed to be there. And it was you know, for me for me it was it was a good time. I was excited to be around football. I was excited to get an opportunity to learn. And it really is good to see things done a different way, which I think Sean does have some new innovative ideas on keeping guys healthy, still allowing guys to learn um, and making the off season an actual off season. So it was cool to be around and get a new perspective on what things could be. Yeah. Cause you, you know, you are around a lot of NFL teams and you played on a team, many, many, you've played on three, three NFL teams, three teams, three, three teams. teams. Yep. So what is, what, what makes the Rams different besides maybe like their choices? I mean, you, you are around the, this team and I can speak yeah, I think, to that, but you can. Right. The, the, the thing I thought that was amazing was, you know, when, when you're Sean McVay and you're heralded as, you know, a, a whiz kid and, and this genius and Einstein, when it comes to X's and O's, the way they talk about his memory and the different things he can do, it was great to be in the building and hear how much, whether it was the training staff, the nutritionist, the weight room staff, the strength and conditioning guys, all talked about how much he listened to them and how much input they had on what people did according to their fields whether it was what they were going to eat, how much rest a guy needed, how much work they needed to do on the field, who they needed to pull back. And so it really was Sean McVay feels like he's really good at coaching football. And he understands that he's hired people and the Rams have hired people who are also really good at their jobs. And he allows them to do that. He, he doesn't micromanage them. And he also listens to their input. And I think that's what makes a good organization. That's what makes a good business. That's what makes a good football team. And when you have people who are experts at certain things, you allow them to be that. And I think more than any team I've been around, Sean McVay has that type of 
chemistry, that type of atmosphere around the Los Angeles Rams. And I believe it's a huge reason why the team is successful. It's not just about him. It's about the whole of the people in the building. It's insane that that's not more popular. Like, it seems so simple, and yet here we are. There's one individual, the youngest coach in the NFL now, and he's somehow, like, breaking these molds that are set I don't know if it's just like, but now everyone in the NFL is trying to find the next Sean McVay, right? And I'm, I don't necessarily know that that can be replicated. Yeah, that, that, that's just not how it happens. But we all want to do things that are successful. I'm not necessarily sure the Rams understood what they were getting in Sean McVay. I'm not necessarily sure people felt like the turnaround could be this quick. Um, but it was. And listen, and, and you have to do things according to your personality. You know, Bill Belichick was never going to be a guy who ran his organization the way Sean McVay has. And I don't think there are going to be many people who are going to point to the New England Patriots and say, you know what, this organization hasn't been run the right way. Um, and there, there's different ways to win. And I think the thing that is most prevalent, and you look at both of those cases, the, the two teams that represented each conference in the Super Bowl, is that they're authentic. Mm-hmm. Right. Bill Belichick isn't trying to be anybody else. Right. Sean McVay isn't trying to be anyone else. He's learned things from different coaches. He's learned things from his study. And he's trying to go about he, each day being the best coach that he knows how to be. And when you do things like that, the people in the building, the people around you, the players, more importantly, see that as being authentic and also see it as you being you. And I think there's so much value in that. For sure. And when you talk about authenticity, I can't help but think about the DB group as a former safety. You you did go. I saw you watch the DBs. You hung out with Aubrey Pleasant uh, for a bit. What was some of the things that you learned just from that group in particular? You know, Eric Weddle, if, if I had to talk about guys who I don't necessarily see a lot that I'm still extremely close to um, from the league, Eric is one of those guys, a guy that I've always texted with, always um, kind of talked to and shared football information with um, since we met at the Pro Bowl. And so it, it was cool to see him. And then you see uh, Tlaib and these different guys who are veterans, right? Marcus Peters, those veteran guys, and then the rookies and the different ways that they're treated, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The different ways that they're coached, but how much they respect Aubrey Pleasant in that room, how much information that they're fed. And honestly, one day I was in there, they just talked about what they were going to do on their break, mm. right? Where they're going to train, where they're going to take vacations, how, how their family was doing, any plans that they had. And I think that's important because when you know a little bit about me, when, when you can relate to me on a personal level, it's different when I get that con- constructive criticism. It's different when I get that coaching. It's different when we have a conversation They may not necessarily be pleasant or where you're not necessarily 100% positive about my actions is because we've had more conversations than this. It's the only time you ever speak to me, the only time you ever deal with me, it's you, I wouldn't call it reprimanding me or if you, if you're correcting me on something you feel I did wrong, eventually I'm going to get tired of hearing it. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't necessarily need to have the, the nagging spouse or partner or wife or husband. You know, I want somebody who I'm in a relationship with that it goes both ways and when it's positive and when it's good and when it's personal, we can talk. But also if it's something that we need to get fixed, we do that as well. And I think that's the atmosphere you felt when you were in that room. 
And I believe that this year, if healthy, they have a better year as far as a statistical standpoint than they did last year. For sure. By the way, your boy Eric Weddle says hello. He was on the Rams camp uh, desk this week, and I got to interview him. He was like, tell, tell RC I said what's up. So he says hello. That's my guy. <laughs> That's, That's my guy. guy. Also, <laughs> he was number 100 on the NFL's top 100 list. So, like, if you're the last person on that list, is that something to be proud of? Where you're like, I'm the worst guy of the best guys. <laughs> Where's your? You know what? Like, I, I think it is. <laughs> Right. Because because here's the thing. We make this big deal of Mr. Irrelevant. Right. I was an undrafted guy. I would have given two of my toes to be Mr. Irrelevant, to have gotten a phone call, to have had some team, any team. It could have been the Alaskan snowmobiles that they had a team to have any team say, you know what? We thought you were good enough that we're going to write your name down and send it in to the commissioner, send it into the league, and we want you to be a part of our team. We want you to be a part of our team so much. We're going to draft you now so nobody else gets a chance to give you a pitch to pick you up. You know, and because it's only so many people that get drafted. It's only so many, it's not even so many people. It's only 100 people that they name. And this is a guy who has been in the league over a decade, who has done it on two different teams, now his third, who's still doing it at a high level. And who I actually think think gets to reinvent himself yeah. a little bit with this Rams team and be used in a different way. And so I, I think it's extremely cool. Uh, you know, I'm not sure he really cares. If you've ever been around Eric, he don't really care about stuff like that. But I think it's good that he's still recognized as one of the best because that's what he really is. Just so we're all aware, there are 53 players on every team and 32 teams, which equates to 1,696 <laughs> players. So to be in the top 100 of that is That's, quite an accomplishment. Matt just dropped some math on us. A little calculator action over there. Sometimes you need perspective. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of some top players, you know, I'm going to give you some top news from around the NFL. So the Saints, I don't know if you are aware, but it's been trending all over the place. Uh, they're keeping their top wide out. Michael Thomas, he got the big bucks. Five-year extension for $100 million. 61 guaranteed. So that makes him the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history, which seems like anyone who gets a new deal becomes the highest paid in whatever bucket they're in, right? Is that how that works now, Ryan? Uh, I wouldn't say anyone. I mean, if, if, if I was the new wide though. receiver, if I was the new wide receiver coming up, they wouldn't make me the highest paid for sure. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of how it works, right? It's this precedent that has been set in the league because there's, there's no way really to say that you're the best one. Oh. But there is a way to say that you're in the conversation, right? Michael Thomas, if you look at his numbers, they're historic. They're not just good. They're actually historic. And not historic in like a metaphorical way. Like they're literally historic. And so that's what his agent can go to the New Orleans Saints and say. That's what the Saints understand. And now you can go back and forth on whether he's the best wide receiver in the league. I don't think he is personally but he's in the conversation. And so when you're in that conversation and it's your turn, you get the most money, right? When Aaron Rodgers was the highest paid, we always, we all always knew whether it was going to be Matt Ryan or Russell Wilson, there was going to be a guy to come up that was going to get more. Are those dudes better than Aaron Rodgers? No, they're not. But it's their turn. And it's their agent's turn to say that he should be the highest paid. And that's just how it works. And so Michael Thomas definitely deserved a big deal. 
he obviously wanted to be the highest paid player in the NFL. And that was the money he asked for. And he got it. So, like, what's what's the balance, though, right, between showing up, doing your job, because he, he waited before going to training camp, versus, like, fighting for your health, your wellness, your wallet, right? We could use, like, Earl Thomas and the Seahawks as an example, like, the importance of getting that deal done before something happens. Well, I mean, you just have to weigh it, right? You got, it's about what's important to you. And, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you hold out and they give you your money. Other times you hold out and you get to sit out a whole year and you go play for the Jets. It just all depends on it just all depends on what's important to you. Is it important for you to be in camp? Is it not? Like and so I think every case is different. You know, there's a guy like Antonio Brown who never really held out but always got his money. And so there's that approach, you know, and then there's Michael Thomas who said, I'm gonna sit here until I get it. Right. You know, and, and it worked out for him. And so I don't, I see it all as doing business, right? If we're doing business within the rules that are set for us, then such is life. And I think Michael Thomas made a decision that he wasn't going to play football for $1.1 million. And to be honest with you, he wasn't supposed to. And that is why he got the deal that he deserves. He got the deal that he earned. And for the Saints, they better hope Drew Brees plays five more years because Michael Thomas needs an accurate quarterback. It just so happened he plays with the most accurate we've ever seen. You don't think Taysom Hill's that guy? <laughs> no. I think there'll be a great team running the reverse in the triple option, though. I mean, holding out, right? Like, look at our guy, our own guy, Aaron Donald, who finally he's here at, at Rams training camp because the dude got paid. paid. Pay the man. So it's worked out. He deserved it. He deserves all the money. I would give him more money if I could. Like, if, if you could give him the whole cap, you should give it to him. I have $2.37 I can contribute to that. <laughs> I'll give we him, need it. We'll, we'll just all put in our coins from our saving little piggy bank. And, of course, AD deserves it, but he also got the a 99 rating on Madden. EA, EA Sports gave him some, like, a golden it's too low. leads. It's too low. <laughs> you should just be like... What did that mean? Yeah, you can't get any higher than 99, so we might as well just, like, he should just have his own rating, that, the AD rating. Why is that? Is, is, is it, I don't understand it. Is it that if I give him 100, he never loses a rep? Like, yeah. I like I don't get what's the what's the holdup from letting him be 100. Might as well just, yeah, it's the eight. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a stupid rule. And here's the only reason why I think it's a stupid rule. If Aaron Donald can only be 99, this is, this is my true opinion about man. Now, I don't play it because I suck at it. You know why I'm terrible at it? Because it's not real, right? If I'm double-teaming your receiver and you can throw it to him every play and he can catch it, that's not real. At some point, something else has to happen, but that's neither here nor there. Back to my <laughs> other point, right? I digress. So if Aaron Donald can be a 99 or can only be a 99, then he should be the only one. And here is why. I want you to tell me a player, right, whose gap between the next best player is as large as Aaron Donald's, yeah. right? So you look at Aaron Donald and you say, who's the next D-tackle I'll take? Chris Jones. Right? He, <laughs> you say who? Chris Jones, Kansas City Chiefs. Right? If that's the next guy you take. How much farther away from a talent level, a production level, um, 
and historic career level is that guy from Aaron Donald. For sure. And he isn't even it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a large gap, right? And then you go DeAndre Hopkins, who was also a 99. Right? If you, if you say, if you have DeAndre Hopkins, you tell somebody, dang, you can't have DeAndre. I'm so sorry. Like, if you went to buy DeAndre Hopkins, I want I wanted DeAndre Hopkins. They say, we don't have him, but we have a Julio Jones. Do you walk out feeling cheated? Do, do you walk out and go, gosh darn it, guys, we had to take this Julio Jones, right? <laughs> or or if they say, I'm just being real, or they're like, man, we got to take Odell. Oh, are you going to be like, oh, my goodness, I just can't live life. But if you miss out on Aaron Donald, totally right. if, you, if you were all set on getting Aaron Donald and you get Chris Jones, if you get Geno Atkins, if you get anybody else other than Aaron Donald, you have lost, sir. Right. This is a bad day. You went to the store and you did not get what you were supposed to get. You cannot make gumbo if you don't have the ingredients. Aaron Donald is the whole pot of gumbo, people. And I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent here. This is what used to happen to me on Tuesdays at Get Up. I know. I would, <laughs> I would have a plan and it totally got out the window. Somebody mentioned somebody like Aaron Donald. Do you, guys, I know you prep for this stuff. But for those that don't know, but y'all should all know, uh, the mornings for ESPN on the show Get Up. Uh, every Tuesday, after football was wrapped up for the week, Ryan Clark would go on and basically be the best representation we needed for the Rams, and would hype up the Rams every single week on Get Up. <laughs> so, well, you know, so it started on accident, to be honest. <laughs> That's how all great things happen. <laughs> yeah. So, so the first time, the first time I was set to do the power rankings, the Rams were going to be number one. It honestly wasn't supposed to be. I actually messed the show up to to be one hundred percent with you. It was supposed to, and no, see, nobody really prepped me on what it was supposed to be. I thought I was supposed to just give my rankings, but I guess like other people were supposed to chime in and get to Jalen was supposed to be able to give his opinion, and so I start running around the set because I was so fired up when it got there, and it wasn't my plan. Like I don't write the things; I just knew who I had where. Um, you just go off the top of your head because you just watch football every stinking day. And, man, so when I'm finished, the commercial goes starts, and Jalen goes, and only the way Jalen can goes, I think Ryan should do this by himself. Amazing. Like, that was literally what he said. And so from there, it just became a thing. And it was crazy because it started to be an expectation of it, right? It was like I would get tweets of, can't wait for your power rankings. And then obviously, you know, you lose to the Saints and all of their fans are tweeting me like there's no way they could be number one. Yes, they were. Don't care what you say. Didn't care that they lost. They were my team. They were my Super Bowl pick. I was going to ride with them until they made me feel something else. And we almost did it. I was almost right, which would have been beautiful. But, you know, you live with it. Those I told you so's always feel so good. But hopefully, well, what is your pick this year? Do you still feel as good about the Rams this season? I do. I do. I still feel, I still feel really good about the Rams. I, if I had to pick a team now, this is not going to be like I dove deep. I would go with the Rams again. I'm going to see how some things play out in the preseason, how some new guys look before I really give my official pick. Um, but when you, when you return this type of quarterback, this type of coach, this type of running back, the continuity – at wide receiver, you get Cooper Cup back. This is the guy I saw pushing sleds in the Austin full speed, 
looks like he's going to be even better than he was before he left. When, when you have those type of players coming back, that type of continuity, you can't help but be good. And so to for me to not be on the Rams train again, for me to not almost tear New York down every Tuesday morning <laughs> when I get in the it's going to be pretty hard to get me to stop doing that. Okay, good. I'm glad because I I look forward to those also. And speaking of, because I know you do get a lot of tweets, especially because of your location and where you live, because uh, you don't live in Bristol, Connecticut, and cheering for the Rams has got to be awkward at times. We do have a social segment, Serena's social segment, because I love alliteration. Matt knows this. Matt's like, yeah, Serena, okay, whatever. I want to take this question from a guy who calls himself L.A. Bum. Oh, um, will the Rams stop running the most predictable offense in the NFL? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Ryan, you haven't seen us uh, at training camp, but knowing Sean McVay, will we keep running the most predictable offense? And could you please let uh, L.A. Bum, don't braggadocious too much on your Twitter account, that the 11 personnel offense that Sean McVay runs is way more complicated than what it seems? You know, it's actually not that complicated. <laughs> it's not that complicated, which is why it's great. Um, no, personnel is personnel, right? Because he comes out in 11 personnel, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that you get to line up people to stop it. Um, and when you say complicated, that doesn't mean predictable. Just because it's not complicated doesn't mean it's predictable. There were teams who I know were multiple sets uh, did multiple things, but every time they did one thing, it always looked the same way. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Like every time they ran a certain route, they came out in a certain formation and a certain personnel. So I was able to say, this is coming. The thing that happens when you're playing against Sean McVay is because everything looks the same, then there's no way to keep, right? Right. Things don't change. There's always some type of motion. There's always some type of window dressing. And then you get the plays off of that. Just because you see the same personnel every play doesn't mean people can predict what you're going to do. And that's what football is, is a coaching game. It's a guessing game, right? It's a, I'm going to take an educated guess based on my study of what's coming. And here's the other thing that I hate that people do, right? Here's also what's predictable. What was predictable was Michael Jordan was going to have the ball on the last play of the basketball game if it was tied or if the Bulls were down by one or two. How many times did they stop him from getting his shot off? I'm going to go with never, right? How many times in the big moment did we see him make that shot? Every time he needed to. So just because you feel like you've seen the same thing doesn't mean that it doesn't work. If every time I do a certain thing, it's successful, why would I change it up? No. Are there going to be some tweaks made after you see the Super Bowl, after you see some of the issues that they had uh, rushing the football in that game? Yes, he's going to do some things differently. But you don't take an offense that brings you to the NFC West Championship, the NFC Conference title, and brings you to the Super Bowl and go, you know what? Hey, guys, that thing we did that won us like 15 games last year and like 11 games the year before, we're going to stop that because that sucks not how it works right we keep keep these things going like hey i i know how to make really good casserole i don't know why i said casserole because i've never had casserole in my life (laughs) 
Why would you change you the recipe? You don't look like you make very good casserole. I don't. I'm, I'm, ter- I'm the best food that I can cook is when I order DoorDash or some sort of thing. Um, that being said, <laughs> Matt, we're going to come in and hit this with the trending topic right now. And that's hashtag things that give me anxiety. Serena, oh. what gives you anxiety? Uh, when you push that button, bom, bom, bom. <laughs> things that give me <laughs> things that give me anxiety. A lot of emails in my email box. Also waking up, I'm high anxiety all the time. <laughs> Ryan, do you have things that give you high anxiety besides me texting you that you forgot about my podcast? No, nothing, nothing other than that. That doesn't give me anxiety either. That just makes me, you know, move some things around and figure it out. That's all it does. <laughs> do you really not have anything that's like, oh my gosh, I can't take it? No, nothing. The only thing that gave me, the only thing that gives me anxiety is watching my son play football. Oh, because you care. Yep. You don't have a nice car that you're anxious to park in a tight space? (laughs) No, I drive a Toyota Tundra. It's actually a big car. And I bought it because I knew I'd hit stuff eventually. What about eating food too close to the expiration date? Ooh. Yeah, don't really pay attention. I just eat it. I usually (laughs) find out it's past the expiration date by the time when I eat it. When somebody says, can I ask you something? Nope, doesn't bother me. Can you get him? Like, nothing. I got nothing. He's he's bulletproof. Jeez, Ryan. Well, I guess nothing gives you anxiety then. That gives me nope, anxiety. Really. <laughs> Ryan, if not football, then what? If you are not in football, then what would you do? Oh, that's difficult. I've never had a job that didn't have to do with football. Right. So, that's difficult. Um teacher i wanted to be a principal actually growing up always wanted to be a principal and you know in most schools you have to teach first or most parishes here in louisiana you have to be a teacher first and so always wanted to be a principal that'd be cool right mr clark (laughs) like like joe clark like lean on me oh word oof brought it back that's a good one um all right so you'd be a principal if you were not in football i like it uh that's it we're wrapping up our first episode of rambling it's done ryan thank you for hanging with us today happy national avocado day national avocado day it's avocado day californians love their avocado (laughs) with the toast it's delicious put a little salt and pepper yeah that's that's my life (laughs) thanks ryan thank you y'all have a good one